how do we keep them listening? So how do we keep them reading? How do we keep them engaged? We have to have a conversation that keeps them wanting more. It's got to be authentic. It's got to be real. It's got to be hitting those elements that people go, ah, how does she know? Like she's talking about the very thing I just struggle with. You're listening to the Thought Leaders Business Lab, the podcast for coaches, thought leaders, and change makers who are ready to become the standout expert. If that's you, stay tuned because you're in the right place. I'm your host, Samantha Riley, and I want to help you build a successful business sharing your expertise, generate the impact and income you need to create your ideal lifestyle. It's time to make a difference and scale up. Are you ready? Let's enter the lab. Welcome to the show, Melanie. It's so wonderful to have you joining us here today. I'm super thrilled. I am a big fan of your podcast and the work you're doing in the world. So this is going to be fun. Likewise. And your podcast is Amplify Your Success. (laughs) And it's a great (laughs) podcast too. So we're, we're mutual fans of each other's podcasts, which is a really great place to start. Why don't you share a little bit with the listeners what it is that you do and the kinds of people that you serve? Yeah, so uh, I've been working with thought leaders, expertpreneurs, people who are building a business around their expertise, coaches, consultants, trainers, for 20 years now. And the big thing I do is I help them lean into their superpower so they can amplify the results and the impact with their awesomeness, like the thing that makes them uniquely them. And a big focus I have is on how to really get out of that invisibility cloak you know, really be able to stand at the top of your mountain and be seen by your ideal clients. Because I believe that if you can't be seen, you can't get hired. And that's why a lot of people are so amazing, but they're not actually getting picked to get on podcasts, to be on virtual events, to be on stages and to work with those ideal clients. Mm. 20 years is a long time in this particular niche or niche, um, as I know that you say. What was different 20 years ago? Because the internet, it was only sort of really in the early stages back then. Yeah. We didn't even have internet, (laughs) (laughs) right? It's like it was dial up. Oh, I know. It was very, very, very different. You know, I think the biggest thing that was different is people really didn't even know what coaching was. Uh And there wasn't the competition we have. A lot of people would look at me because I have a very young face and people would look at me and say, are you really old enough to mentor me and guide me on my business? Like I've been doing this a long time. Like, why would I turn to you? And as a very young, wise person, like I had been in the trenches for a really long time, I struggled to stand out. I struggled to be seen as the expert that I was at that point. And I think that we also had a lot of different ways. We didn't have social media mm-hmm. at all. Like that didn't exist. No. I think maybe my space emerged somewhere. It did. I had my first e-commerce <laughs> store in 2000. So I know that that was around yeah. then, but it, it yeah. certainly wasn't like it is now. That's for sure. No, but actually I used to get clients off of my spaces. The funniest thing is wow. in the beginning, I talked about how to get past that overwhelm that's so debilitating. Uh-huh. And I had a real specialty area around leveraging our time and our talent And so I used to post on MySpace, my get out of overwhelm, my little product I had at the time. And I literally got big clients, $20,000 clients coming off that one product on MySpace. And it always told me messaging, it's what people resonate with. Like if you can 
connect to their pain, if you can connect to that thing that they're struggling and in pain about and maybe even suffering with, like a big part of how you stand out. But now it's just a much more crowded market to stand out in. Right, which means that our messaging needs to be way more on point. And you and I were having a chat before we started recording and we were talking about how messaging holds so many people back. I'd love you to deep dive into that a little bit more because I feel that there's so many people, and this is why I'm in this space too. I see people that are experts, like true experts that are being pipped at the post by people that are good marketers and not necessarily experts at what they do. And this, it really, really tears my heart apart because if you don't get your messaging right, then you don't get the work. So I would love you to lean into this a little bit for me. Yeah. Well, first of all, I had to say that this was probably one of the top three things that I had to solve and discover in my own painful journey. Mm -hmm. Because in the beginning, I thought if I marketed the way that I learned how when I worked for the Fortune 500 company, that I would have clients because that's what they did. Uh And that's what I learned with them. And so I thought if you build a pretty poster and you put nice pictures on it and you say something cool, like people show up Uh and I didn't get clients I was going to say, not so much, right? (laughs) No, no, it it wasn't working at all. And so I went to a lot of networking meetings and I went to a lot of events and I felt completely invisible. Mm -hmm. And I had this extraordinary friend who I was in a mastermind with who sat me down and said, look, um, people don't get what you do. And I realized after about six months of putting into action what he taught me, which was to talk about things and solutions rather than in process. Mm -hmm. And so this is one of the common mistakes I know a lot of coaches make. And I think a lot of people who learn a practice or that we learn a way of doing something, because I went through coach training. And so I knew how to be a great coach, Mm -hmm. but people didn't want to hire a coach. People want to hire you because they know you're going to get them an outcome. Yeah, They're suffering with something that they don't know how to solve on their own. And so I made this little CD set and I was unpacking some boxes recently and I ran across it and I was laughing. It was like the five massive mistakes that could put you out of business and how to avoid them. (laughs) I was like, oh yeah, there's that cute little CD set that I used to hand out at the meetings. (laughs) And that one CD set changed everything for me. It was even the worst audio quality, but at the time it was really kind of cutting edge to have a CD that you would hand out. Uh And people realized, oh, these mistakes, like not planning and like letting overwhelm make decisions or whatever they were at the time was actually the thing I could do for them. And instead of saying, oh, I coach you to better solutions, I was saying, I help you solve these five key problems in your business. Mm -hmm. And these are the problems they are struggling with. And so messaging became this uh, reality for me is that if I tell people what I do and the process to get there, they could care less. And so I, I've bumped into this with clients over the years, Sam, and I'm sure you do too, where I would have people who would actually come on my podcast or a client who would come into my Amplify Mastermind or Amplify Inner Circle and they'd say, Melanie, like I, I'm like, I don't understand why people won't hire me. And I actually have this one woman, she's a diversity trainer. Mm -hmm. She's super brilliant, overly talented in this area. And then I said, tell me how you, you know, pitch yourself to a potential client. And I was so confused. I was like, Mm -hmm. I don't know what you do. And this is what I find is that people don't know how to articulate in 
simple outcome driven terms, what it is that they can do to make their lives better. And I think it affects us all the way from like how we speak to an interview all the way through our email and like a social media post to every place that we're trying to communicate the value of what we do. Absolutely. And I know that we've all got some sort of story like that. I, I don't, I haven't met anyone that hasn't come from a, that place where they just couldn't quite get their messaging right. And I think back to oh, probably about 10 years ago, I remember going to a really big mastermind. I was so nervous to even be there in the first place. You know, there was the people there that I was like, you know, a little bit starstruck. And I remember people saying to me in the foyer before we even went in, so tell me what you do. And the look on their faces was, it sent me into a spiral until they stopped asking questions. You could tell they just had no idea what I was talking about. It's really, really embarrassing when people don't understand what you do. So what's a really great tip that you can give to start to get clear on how to pull that message together? There's a little bit of a formula I use. And this is such a chronic problem that I, I earlier this year, I started teaching what I call get magnetic messaging because it really is just a formula. Mm -hmm. It's not rocket science. It's not like you have to have some special talent. You just need to think in terms of a formula of how you articulate what you do. And especially if you're going to get on podcast interviews or you want to get on stages and, and be able to, um, you know, magnetize people into your work. I say you have to start with who is your ideal client? And what is it that they are struggling with that you are uniquely qualified to solve? So it implies that you have to know a few key things. Mm -hmm. One, you have to have had some experience working with different kinds of clients to go, that's an okay client, but that's a really awesome client for me. So uh -huh. there's things like maybe like their financial, what, what they're willing to invest to solve the problem. It could be there's some nuances. Are they a man or a woman or in some other type of uh, gender persuasion, you know, there's something that makes them distinct to that particular type of client. For me, one of the things is like, I like working with people who are building a business around their expertise and they understand the value of coaching. So they have probably hired a coach before mm -hmm. and are now recognizing they need that again in their life. Mm -hmm. But I also look for people who are consciously you know, like they're plugging into the consciousness side of business as well. And they yeah. really are impact driven. So those are some of my nuances. And I'm uh -huh. sure, Sam, you probably have a couple of nuances that make someone really perfect for you. Mm hmm you want to share what those are? Well, mine are actually very similar to yours. There are, there are people that have got, you know, an expertise, usually 20, 30, 40 years expertise. They want to use that expertise to influence and impact people and to build a profitable business. So you, you have your nuances and I'm sure if we dug it down, you had even more specific things that make somebody ideal. Uh -huh. So then we have to look at now, if that's your ideal client, what is it that when they sit down to have coffee with a friend or they're talking to their mastermind or they're, you know, laying at bed at night, thinking about the things that are really frustrating in their business right now, what is keeping them from feeling peaceful? Mm-hmm. Now we look at those two things and we look at the intersection of what is it that is your superpower? What is the thing that you're so good at doing that no one does quite the way you do mm -hmm. and that gets you excited and inspired and that energy is really magnetic to uh -huh. this ideal client. And so I'm always looking for that intersection. And the funny thing is I have found going through this process hundreds of times that oftentimes people can't see their own 
superpower and how that connection happens because they're so used to seeing in their box the way they do it, they can't see what's possible. Well, that was exactly what I was just about to say because I think our superpower, we don't even realize it because it's that thing that comes so easily and so naturally we actually almost can't believe that no one else can do what we do. Uh, and I see that time and time again, like you say, and my favorite saying is you can't read the label from inside the jar. So when you were going through getting clear on your messaging, was that something that you went through on your own or, or is that something that people can do on their own? And what sort of people do we need to help us to be able to draw this message mm -hmm. out? Well, I think there's several ways to go about it. I think for some people, it's like, do you want to do it accelerated way or do you want to do it the slow and methodical way? And so some people are like, they need to do it themselves. They need to immerse themselves in it. They need to really work the problem for a while. But I find that it also gets very frustrating because while they're in that struggle, they're also not making sales. And so they feel a little you know, overwhelmed and frustrated with their process at times. Mm -hmm. And then there are people who are like, okay, I want to accelerate. And that's where I would say, hire someone who's really good at messaging, hire someone or go through a self-guided program. I have one if that, if that serves people. And what you need to do though, is not try to sort it out in your own head. Mm -hmm. So if you are going to do this on your own, you have to learn the right questions to ask your clients and or the people who know your work to help you get that clarity about the way they experience your superpower. Mm. And one way to do that is to do a survey. And it's not just tell me what I do well. It's like, you got to ask very specific <laughs> questions. You want to ask the right questions so you get the best answers. We just actually did this to my community because um, we're uh, getting ready to put something new together for the new year. And I wanted to hear in my client's language in my community's language what it is that they most wanted help with mm -hmm. so i asked them to tell me what are the top three struggles they have and what is the biggest goal i was so surprised by some of the answers i got i was like oh okay this is interesting this is not what i would have assumed mm. this is what they have right at the front of their mind and so asking is a great way to do it I have a copywriter who helps me, especially on more challenging and complicated projects where we're, we got a lot of writing to do. And one of the things she does is she'll interview my clients. I thought, oh, it's so good. Like when they interview and you're out of the way, uh -huh. you're not in the middle bottlenecking it and yep. they're asking the questions, they're going to hear what is so compelling and powerful about the work you do with the clients who've worked with you the longest. Yeah. Uh, so those are a couple of things, but then like, I'll have my clients who are maybe a little bit newer, who are starting something they haven't done before. I'll have them go and get involved in Facebook groups or LinkedIn groups or start scouring social media and watch for people who are their ideal clients. What do they post about? What questions do they ask about? What is it that they're putting out there in their language mm. so that we're not assuming we know what they need? We really listen to what they need. So, I think that anyway, those are three. Totally. And the languaging is so important because we can get caught totally using our, our language from our little, you know, our little bubble, I guess. And coaching mm -hmm. is a big thing. I can always, I can always tell new coaches cause they use the lingo, you know, and cause they're in their own little, little box and it's a, dangerous place to be it's okay to talk about that when you're having drinks with your tribe but not so much when you're actually talking to potential 
prospects because they, you know, may not resonate with that and chances are they probably don't. And I think really, like, if I look at where people get stuck the most, it's in the environments where they are not able to have a back and forth conversation. Mm -hmm. They have to have a one-way transmission. Mm -hmm. So that might be a blog post. It might be, I mean, we're having a dialogue, but it's a one-way transmission once the podcast goes out, right? So I don't get to hear how the listener experiences what I'm talking about. Uh, if you're going to put out email promotions. Now, I think this is one of the most interesting things that happens is because email is so easy to just click away mm -hmm. or delete. Like, uh, I don't want to, it doesn't make any sense to me. So we have to start really getting clear, like, how do we communicate in these sound bites that are intriguing to the person on the other end? And, and we pull them in. And that's where I call it. We start building a golden thread mm -hmm. because you got to intrigue them enough. you got to grab their interest. There's got to be a topic or if we're talking about email, a subject line, something that pulls people in. And then how do we keep them listening? So how do we keep them reading? How do we keep them engaged? We have to have a conversation that keeps them wanting more. It's got to be authentic. It's got to be real. It's got to be hitting those elements that people go, ah, oh, how does she know? Like she's talking about the very thing I just struggle with. Mm. And then there's a, there's this investment in wanting more. And so when I'm helping people construct, because one of the places I love to work with people the most is helping them construct a conversation, an organic, authentic conversation to have in a podcast interview or in a virtual summit or some kind of environment where you're not just the only person speaking on stage. Mm -hmm. There's a dynamic that's happening between you and someone else. And that's your showcase and how to structure that so that you're actually moving people through that golden thread so that when you're complete, they really want more. Mm, I love that. So much value already. Let's talk about that thread because right now, you know, we're in the middle of a global pandemic that is, yeah. is, has changed the world just a little bit, but it has opened up a lot of opportunities to show up online. It's for people that maybe weren't, you know, promoting themselves in a global audience. Now it's even more so. They're getting, you know, podcast interviews and speaking gigs and like panelists and on summits, that kind of thing. Once we're clear on our messaging, I mean, that we've already spoken about that piece and, and I'm aware of that, but what are some of the other mistakes that people are making to not be able to turn those opportunities into the next step, i.e. not just showing up and then leaving and nothing happening? There are 17. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have time to talk We don't have time to do the 17 today. <laughs> How about I hit a couple of the high notes? That'd be um, great. Let's do that. You know, I think the biggest one, there's, there's three biggies actually. One is, um, and this is something that I think a lot of people who are used to speaking on stages, they're used to doing lots of podcast interviews and they do this without even realizing it and they're winging it. Mm -hmm. And I can't tell you how many people say, oh, I don't even prepare. I just like see where I go with it. And, and that's okay because you will get a really authentic version mm -hmm. and it very rarely actually works to generate clients mm -hmm. and leads because what's happening is oftentimes you get lost in your own stories and you, you might have some really interesting sound bites and you might really inspire some people. But if your goal is to turn a podcast 
guest spot or a speaking opportunity into a lead magnet and really like magnetize clients in, you have to be a little more orchestrated. Mm -hmm. And that means you need to think about what your topic is and really create, I, I call it using the rocks method, like to title it in a way that's like pulling people in. And it's like, they don't even know what you're going to talk about, but they're like, that's juicy. Uh -huh. I need to listen. Yeah. And then you need to organize some talking points that actually help people connect with you emotionally and intellectually. Okay. So we want to tell stories that pull people in, but we need to actually have something really valuable that they go, oh, yeah, like I get it. Like I get what this is about. And then you have to have an offer that makes sense. So I think this is where a lot of people make a second mistake, and that is, they don't really understand the value of the offer they will make. Mm. And so they might nine out of 10 times, the people who come on my podcast will have an offer that doesn't always connect to what we've been talking oh about. Oh my goodness. I see this all the time. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And again, like I want you to get the exposure. So I'd rather you do it imperfectly and get out there and get in front of people. But at a certain point, we all start asking the million dollar question is my investment in this practice paying off? Mm -hmm. Because a busy, really full business owner has to start to differentiate between a good opportunity and an amazing opportunity. Mm, absolutely. And we can turn podcast guesting or any platform into a great platform, but we have to be strategic. We have to learn how to, how to organize our thoughts. And so the third one that I see people make in, this is a super simple one to correct is they don't really know how to transfer their credibility mm -hmm. in a way that doesn't feel hypey and gross. Right. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. we either have the camp and I know, you know, these people say we have the camp of people who are like, Ooh, I don't want to say that. Like, yeah. Uh, what are people going to think if I say that out loud? Like they're going to think I'm like all full of myself and I don't want to come across like that. So they hold back uh -huh. on giving important pieces. Like I was working with someone in Get Magnetic Messaging who had authored a book. She had her own podcast and she had this, I don't even remember exactly what it was, but she had this extraordinary background. And I was like, why is this not in your bio? Why does nobody know this when you get off the podcast interview? And she goes, oh, I didn't think about it. Yeah. So we have to do that. And then we have the other camp who like drops names and has like 25 programs they say in the mm. first two sentences of the interview. And you end up going like, oh, so cringeworthy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> With lots of like, shower gel. <laughs> yeah, like feeling really self-inflated. Uh -huh. Like, I don't know. And, you know, sometimes that works, but I don't really think that's the authentic energy that most of us are looking for when mm. we're looking for a mentor. So totally, totally. You were mentioning then about that little bit and you had a client and she said to you, I didn't think that that bit was important. And I saw this at a book retreat. It was about five years ago, actually. And at the end of the first day, we read to the other people at the table, a chapter of our book. And what was absolutely intriguing to me was that at the end of everyone reading their chapter to each other, we were all like, oh my goodness, I had no idea you were that amazing. Or how did you get through that? Or wow, I didn't realize you were that strong or whatever it was. And every single one of us was all like, oh, but we're just us. So it is really intriguing that we see in other people what we can't see in ourselves. 
what is the process that you take your clients through to find that piece? Hmm. Well, there's two levels of that. Mm -hmm. One is really, if we go back to the superpower conversation, I think you're really, you're dead on. Like people don't really understand how valuable they are on the things they do the easiest. Mm -hmm. So I have a client, I'll use her as an example. She's Australian mm -hmm. and she has developed this profound technique for moving people out of trauma mm -hmm. and healing that trauma without digging up the original trauma. Oh, nice. So it speeds up trauma mm -hmm. healing. And for most people, this is a very painful, very deeply re-wounding, like they're re-triggering yeah. all of it. Yeah. So as I've been working with her to design it and to pull out of her how she's going to package this and create this program to the world, we keep bumping up against her going like, really? Like people want to know that? I'm like, yes, people want to know that. Mm. So I think one really, really simple exercise, and I will, I will have every single one of my clients do this before we start to work on a new package or a new program. Or if you want to kind of reboot, this is actually, this is a great practice to do at the end of every year as you prepare for a new year is to go back and look at the things that people go, wait, stop. Can you just tell me what you just did there? Yeah. How did you do that again? Or it's the questions that people ask and you go, what? Why are they asking me that question? Like, that's so easy. How do you not know how to do yeah. that? And to make a list of those things that you are surprised that the people around you, the people who you are coaching right now, or you're working with, or you've been training or whatever your work is, the things that people ask you the most questions about that you're like, that's really easy. Like, why do you not know how to do that? That's a great place to start to reconnect to your superpowers that you may not be spending enough time marketing and messaging and also like utilizing that make you unique and make you stand out in the world and that amplify you. Mm. So that's a really easy practice to do. And so I, I've been doing it with this woman, her name's Natalie. And what we realized was, is that part of this process for her, like we started to find the golden nuggets and the, the real payoffs to her program that she didn't even realize her ideal audience would want. Mm -hmm. So things like, well, when they use this process, it actually creates more authority because they can see more clients and they can speed up the process. And that's not something very many people who are therapists can do. Mm. So we started to look at how does it make you unique? How can it bring you more authority positioning? And how is it something that is unique to the way you do it mm. that sets you apart from everyone else that might have something similar? Absolutely. And I think that finding that unique piece is more important than what people think. I'm sure that you hear this all the time, Melanie, people saying, oh, but you know, there's already so many other people that do what I do, or there's already, you know, that there's already the gurus there. Like, who am I to be doing that? But it's not until you really dig into that unique piece that you realize, hang on a minute, like, what I do is actually different. The outcome might be the same, but the way we get there is different. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I'm not like a huge risk person. So if nobody else is doing it, like that's kind of risky for me. It's like, if no one's doing it, why? Is it because it doesn't sell because people don't really want that? And there are innovators who are willing to take that on and build build the market for something like mm -hmm. literally like Apple built the market for Apple products, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like it created the need. 
but that's not me. That's not my superpower. Mm -hmm. I like to lean into the need and figure out what do I do that solves that problem. Mm. And so I always heard a long time ago, and I think this is what helped me grow so quickly in the beginning, 20 years ago, is I look for the problems that other people create. Mm -hmm. And then I find my superpower that will solve them. Mm. And that is much more sustainable and it's much easier to tap into that than it is to try and create a need from scratch. So I guess my point is that if you're trying to message something and you're worried that there's a hundred other people that do something similar, the good news is, guess what? People need that. Mm -hmm. There are people out there. So now if we can hone into, so now who do you really want to work with? Because look, there's you and I do similar things. There's a lot of people that do similar things, but that doesn't mean we attract all the same people. Exactly. There will be people who are going like, oh, Melanie's style is that perfect fit for me. Or they'll be like, Sam's, you know, that thing she does over here with the, the thought leadership is a little bit more my style. You know, it's like we will attract those people that are more aligned with the way we operate if we clearly communicate those pieces in our messaging. And you can do that through adjectives, through the way you title things, you can give a, a nice little preview to your particular brand presence and what you do just by little tweaks and how you name things. Yeah, I love that. And what I really loved you said there, and I want to touch on it really quickly to make sure that everyone has heard this, is that it's actually a good thing when there's other people doing what we do. Because this actually takes away the need to spend time on educating the audience. And that is just so valuable right there. Mm -hmm. Because if we have to educate our audience, it takes just too long. We don't have time for that. Totally. And again, one of the exercises I do with people is really understanding who the market is and who they're not. Like if you're having to convince somebody that they need you, that's a lot of work, right? Mm. Like you're not, you're not just selling you as the solution. You're now trying to overcome about 25 embedded objections that require you to do a lot of extra work. So our perfect audience is already looking for you. Mm. They're already looking for the solution. They're just trying to find the right person to be the solution provider. Okay. Now that doesn't mean you can't educate sometimes we have to, you know, like invest a little time and energy. Like I teach people why their podcast guest spots are not converting mm -hmm. because a lot of people are spending an enormous amount of time guesting on podcasts or thinking about guesting on podcasts, but they don't feel confident yet. And so I teach them what they're missing so that I can help them help prove that I'm the solution for them. Mm. So that would be the next string. But the ring outside of that are people who are so committed to having the problem that it's going to take them a lot of work to, to kind of shake free of that, that like investment in keeping the problem because they have some kind of a payoff to keep the problem. Mm. And then there's everybody else, right? That don't have the problem, but we keep talking to them, hoping they're going to hire us. Anyway, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's like that really awkward get to know you conversation where somebody's like, but I can help everybody lose weight. I can help oh my everybody be healthy. Uh -huh, uh -huh. And, the, and they're, they're like, but I don't care about any of that. Like I'm doing this. And so it's yeah. super awkward. And, and we don't want to go there. Just we don't want to go there. <laughs> Never. <laughs> Absolutely. So you've mentioned podcasting a few times. What is 
the what makes podcasting unique in the opportunities that are available right now for people that are really looking at building their expert business okay well there's two things going on that i think are super valuable for us to to recognize uh pandemic aside right mm -hmm. like, let's just put that on on a side note for a minute in the world of podcasting the um, number of podcasts are growing exponentially every year mm -hmm. I believe there there was a stat that at the end of 2018 there was something like 550,000. At mm -hmm. the end of 2019 there were something like 950,000. We crossed the 1 million active podcasts on iTunes or Apple Podcasts now mm -hmm. uh, around March of mm -hmm. 2020. Yep. So think of the exponential growth. About 25 to 30% of those are solo episodes or they're they've got a process where they don't really interview people per se that mm -hmm. you know the talk show style whatever the rest of those are actively looking for content every week or every day some mm -hmm. of them are daily podcast shows so that means for us as an expert as a thought leader as somebody who has a message that needs to get out there in the world in order to attract opportunity we can be tapping into that global platform Mm -hmm. Now let's talk pandemic. Mm -hmm. Let's add in what's happening with the fact that most of the world is not going to be leaving their own country, let alone their own state for uh, a few more months. Exactly. You know, I just heard from my Australian clients that they're like, yeah, we're not going anywhere. <laughs> we're not going to be able to come in person to retreat next year. So it's nope. like we have to navigate to virtual platforms. So here's what is super exciting about podcast guesting. First of all, it is global and it is a fast growing environment. People are looking for content and podcasts are available to listen to 24 seven. Mm -hmm. So we have a lot of virtual opportunities. We can do Facebook lives, we can do virtual summits and all of that. And that's all great, but none of them are going to be available forever online on a handheld device that you can use when you're walking your dog or mm -hmm. you're on your treadmill, right? Even Facebook lives, you have to at least be watching, you know, somewhere we usually we have Wi-Fi. Mm -hmm. So podcasts literally become a 24 seven evergreen Salesforce. Like mm. they're always available. And the more you podcast guest, the more you get your message out in the world through this format. And I have proven this over and over and over again. What happens is people hear you on a podcast, they see the podcast host share via their social media and all their different platforms. And all of a sudden you're creating buzz and momentum around your topic. Well, guess what happens? Other people are looking at podcasts for people to be on their shows mm -hmm. for people who have specialty topics that they're looking for, for their events. So it becomes a showcase of you as the thought leader, of you as the expert. And if you want to create some buzz and momentum around your work and you want to get on more speaking gigs, you want more stages, you want more virtual platforms, you get out there on a few good podcasts and all of a sudden your message goes viral. Mm. And that creates this great opportunity for you to get to that top of the mountain and get picked to be the person who comes to an event and shares their message. Mm. I can't even tell you every time I start pumping a new topic and I start getting on a lot of podcasts, I'm super grateful for every single one of them because there's so much value in connecting in with that community. And yeah. I'm always super excited if I can solve a problem. 
But what happens is people are like, ah, oh, Melanie, I saw you doing this. Can you come to <laughs> So it just really kicks off that whole momentum that I think is really helpful to get your thought leadership out in the world. Totally. And you mentioned Evergreen too, and I'm sure you noticed this. One of the things that surprised me and still does as I look at my download stats is that every single episode grows. So we're at, you know, well over 200 episodes now. I'm still getting downloads from episode one, two, 10 every single day. It's not just the yes. latest podcast. So, and it, and it did surprise me that someone reached out to me on Facebook Messenger just last week that heard me on a podcast that was from four years ago and asked me to be on her podcast. It was actually really funny. She's like, oh my God, I can't believe it. I can't believe you're coming on my podcast. And I was, it was like, it was a cool moment, but also a little bit weird where I was like, wow, she heard me four years ago and she's reached out. So podcasting has got such a fantastic long tail on it. Yeah. As you say, it is growing so fast. And even though we have just crossed that 1 million mark, we're still super early in the piece still. Yeah. And I don't see it slowing down anytime no. soon, especially with where we're at. But what I do think will happen is that there will become a certain point of saturation mm -hmm. of content. And so that's where this magnetic energy, this magnetic, you know, really getting your topic to stand out and recognizing what you need to do on your part to create buzz and momentum around your message. That's where I think it gets really important mm -hmm. because you can actually have a podcast host who does nothing with your, your episode, mm -hmm. but you can create all the magic on mm -hmm. your side and turn it into a great, like authority positioning profile that you use in a lot of ways to drive media and traffic and ideal clients. So Absolutely. you don't have to wait for the host to do all the work. Absolutely. Amen, Melanie. For people that are listening to this and just loving what you're talking about, how do they stay connected with you? Yeah. So I actually mentioned the 17 mistakes that people make earlier. Whether you believe you're ready to do podcast guesting or not, or you're just simply ready to start speaking more, I would highly recommend starting there. If you go to melaniebenson.com forward slash thought leader, you'll get access to what I call the 17 mistakes that you're making in your podcast guesting and guest talks that are costing you the leads and clients. And what I'll do is I'll take you through like, what are some common places that we don't even realize we've, we've kind of dropped the messaging component and how you can fix that so that Every talk you're giving becomes super magnetic to your ideal clients. And I'm all over social media, so feel free to jump on any of the social media places that I, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, uh, Facebook, but my favorites are Twitter and LinkedIn these days. And all of those links will be in the show notes as always. Melanie, thank you so much for joining us here in the Thought Leaders Business Lab. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk with you. And I just thank you for dropping so many value bombs. It's been such a fantastic chat. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be with you today. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to listen to the show. Whenever you're ready, here are three ways I can help you. Number one, grab a free copy of the Thought Leaders Positioning Checklist over at samanthariley.global forward slash checklist. 
Number two, check out my inner circle for coaches, experts, and change makers over at samanthariley.global forward slash inner circle. Or number three, connect with me to discuss how I can work with you on a more personal or a one-on-one level at hello at samanthariley.global. I look forward to hanging out with you here again on Thursday, right here on the Thought Leaders Business Lab.